Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do you really think God cares if you clean between your toes? Rami seems to think so, and every day is a Saturday when you don't have a job. Islam isn't a race. We learn all this and more. I just want to remind you, the following is intended for mature audiences only. Viewing discretion is advised. We are talking Rami, season one, episodes one and two, Between the Toes and Princess Diana. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Just let it happen. We learn so much as we talk Rami season one, episodes one and two, Between the Toes and Princess Diana. Rami, of course, coming in as Rami Youssef, the comedian, with the backdrop of a millennial Muslim, a television show, all of his known, self-titled Rami. We're going to discuss characters, storyline, episodes one and two individually, and as a whole, uh, on episodes one between the toes, we're going to discuss Rami, Old Hodge, how Muslim is Muslim, a topic that we really need to talk about as uh, a people. Chloe is Rami racist? Dating in the Muslim world, Noor and Rami realizes. Going into episode two, Princess Diana, we discuss Snack Swipe. Uncle Nassim, Rami strikes back. Uncle Nassim steps up and the unthinkable happens. So you're going to want to stay tuned because you know any show hosted by me is going to be an amazing and fabulous show because I am the amazing and fabulous Tehran Von Gossry. I am your host and we are talking great stuff. Now, this is the first season of Rami. When I say that, Hulu has taken a chance, backed by producers, super producers, and uh, Gerard Carmichael, (laughs) Ari Kasher, and Ryan Welch, created by Rami himself. Rami plays the title role, has written most of uh, the the story type and the archetype and the scripts that you that you are watching, and he actually directed episode four, Strawberries, himself, which is a very impressive feat. Rami Youssef is a comedian uh, from, originally from Queens, then grew up in New Jersey with Egyptian background. His Egyptian family serves as a backdrop to a lot of his comedy as he discusses being a Muslim in America, being young in the clash of cultures. Rami, the show is much like his comedy. In fact, something that Rami does very well, and we will be discussing in news and gossip and getting into predictions, is he interweaves his comedy into the actual script. So if you watch any of Rami's comedies, you will see that a lot of his punchlines play out in the script and come to life before your eyes. Rami uh, portrays himself very well. He's not as conservative in real life. I say this as a person who is uh, very familiar with Rami Youssef. We are fellow comedians and very good acquaintances. He's a great person, very kind heart, always has very intelligent, bright, and, and poignant comedy, something that's missing in comedy today. He brings along with him a list 
of of other comedians when it comes to Mohammed Amr or Mo Amr, as everyone knows. Mo Amr is uh, he's headlining across the across the globe and has been backed by Dave Chappelle himself as the next big thing. And he brings in Dave Murge, who plays Ahmed. So Mo plays Mo. Uh, Dave plays uh, Ahmed, which I'm assuming because his name is Dave and wasn't such a Middle Eastern name of origin, even though Dave really is a Middle Eastern name and a lot of people forget. A lot of these biblical names do specifically come from the Middle East and have origins there. Dave plays Ahmed. Dave, of course, is a, a, a amazingly good stand-up comedian who's Canadian. Mo Amr being Palestinian, portraying a Palestinian on the show. Uh, Mo plays Rami's best friend. Ahmed is the other best friend. Then we also have Steve, Stephen Way. Uh, Stephen Way plays uh, Rami's work best friend but as we see as the hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. Show goes on. It's actually a life best friend. And that's a very interesting thing. Following and, and rounding off the cast, we have Haim Abbas, who's playing Mesa, uh, Rami's mom. That was a very great selection in character. Haim has been on amazing shows. You've seen her. She's actually a, uh, she's a Palestinian uh, Israeli that means an Israeli of Palestinian descent who was born in Nazareth in Israel. So she's as close to Jesus as we get. And her acting is too. Holy shit is her acting good, right? She steals the scene every time she's on 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 camera. And it's because it's so natural and easy. And honestly, every character on the show portrays such a real and viable character. But Haim, because of that, especially, I guess, if you're familiar with the Middle Eastern influence, she just takes the cake. She gets every subtle nuance of the, I would love to say, stereotypical Middle Eastern mom, especially one in the diaspora outside uh, in the United States. Uh, surprisingly, uh, coming in as a newcomer who isn't so new, May Kalambwe uh, plays Dina, who is Rami's sister. And she's very Americanized, and it shows. And it's so good to see the contrast between Dina and her family, Dina and her mom, and Dina and the views that we typically reserve for Middle Eastern women. Dina is such a such a strong, brilliant character, is portrayed very well, has that spunk that the show really did need, because with her spunk, this show becomes a dynamic portrayal of, of Rami's perspective. And when I say Rami's perspective, I want to make sure that everyone at home understands how, how important it is to realize that this show is not titled Muslim Americans, Muslims in America, Muslims. Uh, or even Egyptian Americans or Egyptian Muslims. The show is titled Rami. And, and the reason I bring that up is because a lot of criticism online is about how this is a misportrayal of American Muslims. And, 
<coughs> excuse me, and that's not what Rami's doing. Rami is not portraying American Muslims. Rami is portraying himself and giving a perspective from his background as an Egyptian American growing up as a practicing Muslim, or at least a Muslim who believes in the United States growing up in New Jersey, just a stone throw away from New York City, especially, especially after and post 9-11. That's what makes it so strong, at times controversial, and at the and honestly a very profound appearance. This is the first time that we've seen such a portrayal of Muslim Americans, and especially as the title and and perspective character. They're usually Muslim Americans are the side character or the neighbor or the best friend or the gas station owner or the hapu of the situation. Uh, yes, I know Hapu's Indian, but you understand what I'm saying. Also, there are 300 million Muslims in India. So that's besides the point. The point I'm making is that to see this perspective from Rami is very, very profound. It is very akin to the Carmichael show. And of course, Sherrod Carmichael, a wonderful comedian uh, and a legend in the making himself, is one of the executive producers. So I expect nothing less. Uh, filling it out, we also have Amr Waqid, who's playing Farouk Hassan, the father. Once again, brings to life this Arabic father. In the episodes one and two, honestly, we didn't see as much of Farouk as I would have liked to. Farouk plays plays a side character, but isn't isn't as important to the storyline except to say that there is a male presence or a father figure but there's so much more in fact i would say uncle nasim who's played by uh Leith nikili who does an amazing amazing job and makes you love to hate him and hate to love him that is a player and i'm gonna say definitely candidate for some type of award there has to be some recognition for the acting of Hayam Abbas who plays Mesa Rami's mom and uh, Laith Nikli uh, Uncle Nassim there has to be some some recognition because those two characters just they come alive in such a way of course I expect Rami to do well because Rami's playing himself and he does so very well if you know Rami on offset off the screen you know that the character he plays is actually very much like the character he plays on on screen they are they're identical one in the same and that's an ease that you can feel with rami it's something that you feel with him and it and it's nice it's so nice um and of course the cast brings in a lot of a lot of different middle eastern actors and it's nice to see them not be terrorists, not on Homeland or 24 or whatever type of roles that they play. And that's why I had to go over that overall. The characters, the storyline, the differences, it's very, very strong. Now, the storyline is based on Rami's millennial Muslim perspective as he's in New Jersey. And, and it sets that backdrop right away. In fact, in the first episode, Rami, in the first Minute is visiting the Islamic Cultural Center of North Jersey. North Jersey, that dimension of area plays a strong part in this show, not so much as it is uh, in other shows where it's like, oh, we're in New York City. No, it's a subtle, subtle character because it plays because you're so close to the tensions of 9-11 as this show does point out in its own way. You're so close to an epicenter of 
uh, so many different groups of people living in one area. But there is a very strong Muslim population in North Jersey, uh, a lot of mosques. In fact, one of the little known facts about that situation and about that area is post 9-11, the FBI, uh, along with uh, New York police, actually literally went through phone books and would pick out Muslim names and investigate these Muslims. And a lot of the Muslims they investigated were in North Jersey and were the ones who attended Muslim mosques, such as Islamic Cultural Center of North Jersey. Very strong. When we get to the mosque, uh, we see (laughs) Rami, and this is the clash. Once again, you see that clash of, I'm Muslim, I'm Egyptian, but I'm also very American. We see a lot of different shoes because tradition calls that Muslims take the shoes off before they go inside the mosque. And of course, they wash. It's a it's a ritual wash, uh, which you are cleansing yourself to be worthy of being inside the mosque. You want your prayer to count. You're going to wash. Uh, Rami drops his shoes and he puts he takes his shoes off and they're Nikes, which is in stark contrast to everyone else's shoes who are kind of dress shoes or work shoes, or even if they are sneakers, they're not nice sneakers. Rami has these hipster sneakers and he takes a pair of, of dress shoes, drops them on the floor and puts his sneakers in the cupboard. Such a Rami thing to do. It sets a tone for the show. It sets the tone for his character. And it sets the tone of what we are to expect from the show. Expect the Muslim unexpected. Uh, I would like to say that that's where we meet Old Hodge. Now, Old Hodge, if you remember correctly, when Rami goes downstairs because he doesn't want to wait in line, because he doesn't want to wait in line uh, to wash, he goes downstairs and old Hodge, who is a who's a reminiscent character of, let's say, whenever you watch a movie and this old black man with wisdom or an old black woman with wisdom would pop up out of nowhere and all of a sudden, all of a sudden speak uh, and say some things. That's what old Hodge was. Old Hodge. Hodge, of course, meaning I'm going to go over some Muslim words that we need to know. Hodge being a, a wise person, but also means someone who's most likely taken the Hajj or the pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia, to Mecca, and is a learned person, is a person who's aware of the religion. And in this case, we call him Old Hajj. Old Hajj is the is the wise man. Old Hajj says, sees Rami taking wudu, that's the washing before the prayer, and uh, basically explains to Rami, you're not doing it right because Rami's kind of doing a half-assed job of it. And even to the point where he's wetting his socks. And Old Hodge is like, that's not it. If you don't wash correctly, your prayer won't count. But then he awkwardly takes his feet out and is washing in between his toes. And Rami asks the questions, uh, do you really think God cares if I wash between my toes? And that's the question that leads to a main point is how Muslim is Muslim. And that's something that Rami's show talks about often it it dictates how muslim is muslim when it comes to islam for some reason our connotation and that includes many muslims as well our connotation as americans is that islam and muslims are very uh religious they are extremely uh they're extremely conservative in some way and that they are all practicing to the utmost of their religion, and any deviance from that path means that you're not a good Muslim or you're not uh, fully immersed in this faith. But we don't have the same. We don't have this. Uh, we don't have the same judgment of 
Christianity. Rappers are Christian all the time, twerking and shaking, and then thanking Jesus when they're winning awards. We don't have the same. Uh, we we don't have the same level when it comes to even Judaism because we know that there are some. Some, there are uh, a lot of people in the Jewish faith who are extremely conservative, and some are Shomer Nagia, some are Hasidic, the, that's with, uh, with the, the hat to remind them of God, and of course the beards and, and, and razors don't touch, touch their face. But then, then, of course, there are a lot of people who are Jew-ish, and that ish comes to play where, yes, they are culturally and by heritage Jewish, but they're not so much practicing. And for some reason, we have a different recognition of, of Islam and Muslim. And even Rami himself does. Rami himself does. Rami is, is Muslim, and he puts Muslims in a box as we're going to later talk about Noor and dating in the Muslim world because that's something uh, <laughs> that showed specifically this stark contrast. Here he is, worried Rami. The irony is he's sitting there worried about everyone else judging him, thinking about him, uh, what they think of Muslims, to the point where he thinks about that in his current relationship with Chloe, the white girl, right? Uh, and yet he also does and does a 180 and does the exact same th thing to Noor. And Noor and dating in the Muslim world and what it means to date a Muslim girl. And it's actually a very, very, very realistic portrayal of an experience that a lot of a lot of diaspora Muslims have in the United States, because once again, there are symptoms of a culture clash. Now, remember, this is a perspective that Rami has. This is not all Muslims. This is not all Muslims in America. This is not all American Muslims. It is different. And also what plays a part is that Rami is most likely as a, as what would be tradition, a Sunni Muslim. So Sunnis and Shiites are the two sects of Islam that play the most and uh, are the two largest sects of Islam. And Sunni and Shiite also have different rituals and different customs, even though they have a umbrella of the same religion. Now, let's go over some terms that I want you to know when it comes to Rami's show, because they come up. Arabic is spoken. We are, we do. Uh, we are privy to the subtitles. So I want you to be familiar with a couple words that mean things. And they often mean things that we don't realize. Alhamdulillah, for example, praise to Allah. Allah, uh, a lot of people think Allah is the Muslim God. Allah simply means the word God. It is a respectful word to say God, in other forms, in other languages, we say Yahweh or Jehovah. It's all from the same root, Allah, which is, interestingly enough, a lot of Christians and a lot of uh, Jewish people in the Middle East would also use the word Allah when referring to God because it is God. And the, the diction is that they're all worshiping the same God even if it does mean in, in, in sometimes at diff, in different ways. Now, when we say alhamdulillah, it's usually to express satisfaction or, for example, after finish eating or doing or something. It's like a praiseworthy. It's like alhamdulillah. I'm, I'm glad that happened. Um, when you're expressing basically being satisfied. Another word that comes up, mashallah, mashallah, what Allah wishes, is used to <laughs> at times express amazement, bewildering. Uh, it is for positive amazement. Usually it's a positive connotation. If someone is, is telling you, 
that their son did well at their basketball game, you'd say, mashallah, I'm, I'm proud or I'm amazed, I'm, I'm praising them, and add something extra if you want. But that's, that's how that word plays out. Now, a, word, a phrase that we do get specifically is la ilaha illa Allah, right? There is no God but Allah. And that's something that people say at a lot of different times. It can be something that's said in a positive situation. It's a something that can be said in a negative situation. When something happens and you want to chastise someone, but in a in a very fun way, you might say la Allah, la Allah, and and you would say this, and it would be a very simple way to do so. So I want everyone to be familiar with these terms. Because they do come up. And remember that Rami is portraying an Egyptian family. So a lot of the Arabic is actually Egyptian Arabic, which is very different than other dialects of Arabic, right? So every region would have its own slang the same way that we might have different slangs in different parts of the United States. And that's actually a very fun portrayal uh, I really enjoyed. I really also thought it was interesting, the dynamic that Mo, Rami's best friend and owner of a diner, uh, is Palestinian. And, and we see that as the flag is portrayed prominently. Now, one thing I want everyone to also understand before, because there's also a lot of talk about, oh, well, if it's pro-Palestinian, it must be anti-Israeli. There is nothing... Uh, there is nothing actual about being pro-Palestinian and anti-Israeli or pro-Israeli and anti-Palestinian. There's nothing distinct. You can be pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli. In fact, uh, a way that a lot of people are is simply pro-peace or peaceful solution. And that's a concept that portrays because there is no there is no, oh, I'm Palestinian, so I must hate Jewish people. Not from the uh, not from the protagonists. And that's a very a common thought process that happens when we think of shows like this. We also think, oh, the only way I can watch and understand the show is I must be Muslim or I must be Middle Eastern or I must be quote-unquote foreign to understand the show. That is not it at all. In fact, if you like like humor, if you like thought-provoking humor, then you're going to really enjoy Rami. It talks about things we all talk about. One of the things is our parents wanting us to get married. That's, that, that transcends race, religion, color. That is something that just exists. Is our parents pushing the idea and the affect that we need marriage in our lives. Rami's love interest in the beginning, or at least we think it's his love interest because he brings it up as in, I'm seeing uh, this white girl. And he brings it up because... The show starts out with, after the mosque, the the family is privy to his friend Muhammad, Muhammad being a very common Middle Eastern name and the most common name in the world, uh, because you'll see probably we get a lot of Muhammads in the show. Muhammad visiting, uh, they're visiting their uh, Muhammad's, uh, basically in his engagement and his his engagement to a woman who his parents have matched him up with. And then we get a lot of this match talk. We get Muslim match or Muz match, the app. It is akin to uh, a Tinder for Muslims where there's also, there is a Muslim Tinder that exists and, it, and it's actually showing this in its own. Uh, this Muslim uh, Mender. These are these apps that a lot of Muslims use to meet other Muslims. 
but there's a realization that we want you in a relationship, right? Here we are. Uh, here, here we are at, at their kitaba kitab, uh, their their engagement, their to one another. They're getting married, and Mo <laughs> turns and he's like. That's the best thing I've done is let my parents hook me up. And he points out his wife, his wife, who is who is, by the way, wearing a hijab, who is covered, is very American. And he's like, they're idiots, but you should probably pay attention to what they're saying. But they are idiots. And it's it's nice to see this contrast This hey, people are just people. Such a good point of the show. We meet Chloe. Rami, who's a conservative, uh, who, who comes from a conservative-esque family of Muslims and is a practicing Muslim in his own way, is dating Chloe, who is a white American Ashkenazi Jewish person. Why is that important? Because you would think there's a clash. However, we see the very humorous scene of, of Rami checking the condom with water to make sure there are no holes in it. Chloe coming in, and they have this discussion, and this is where where Chloe realizes that Rami is more Muslim than she thought. Because Chloe brings up the point of being Jew-ish. jew Ish, where yes, I'm culturally Jewish. I, my heritage is Jewish, but I'm not that pra- I'm not that much of a practicing Jew. I may go to temple on high holidays and and Passover and do a couple seder's, but that's about it. That that's what she comes off as, and then realizes that Rami, because Rami seems like he drinks. It's like I actually I don't drink, and she's like, you just told me before that. And when I asked you if you want more wine, that you were at your limit. And he's like, yeah, my limit. I am at my limit. My limit happens to just be none. Ha! Great moment. Because when asked and confronted um, with Rami, why would you not tell me? And then he says uh, that being into the idea of me being culturally different, you might be into that idea, but you might just hate the fact that I believe in God. And that's actually a very realistic view of what goes on in the world right now is a lot of people think when someone is a believer of God, whether it's Christianity or Islam or or, or a Hasidic Jew or anyone who's a little more conservative in the belief of God, they must be an old-fashioned person. And that's not the case. It's a, a belief is different than a moral system, which is different than a principle, which is different than... Uh, a character and we have to separate these into individual categories. Hey everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. So Chloe basically says, basically explains to him, to Rami, no, I'm not mad that you're Muslim. I I would have not had, I wouldn't have had a problem that you're Muslim. I have a problem that you lied to me because you've hit this part of you from me and we are being intimate they are having sex uh and they are in somewhat of a relationship even if it's a bit casual there still is some intimacy there still is a line of respect that 
that it seems that Rami's crossed not only by checking for holes in the condom as they have the pregnancy talk, but also for uh, and and abortion comes in just a little, but not so much as like a preachy, not even a teachy, but just a reach the people conversation that really does happen. Uh, but it's just for a great lesson to be learned. I I'm, I wouldn't be upset. If that you're Muslim, but I am upset that you lied to me. Now, we get into dating in the Muslim world. Dating in the Muslim world can be at times very different than dating in what we think of the American world. Dating in the Muslim world can be uh, a, a little more involved. You might have your family involved a lot more. There's a whole custom and situations that go on. There are certain ways to do things that are very different than the quote-unquote American way of doing things it's it's a very traditional form of dating one that was that that is currently practiced a lot in the middle east but one that was pretty much practiced in most of the world if you really think about it now when i say that it's to say that dating in the muslim world might involve your parents hooking you up with one of with someone who's available your mom might scout your grandmother might scout there's actually a lot of People in these communities, uh, especially religious communities uh, and older religions, these communities in which people go out and they actually specifically match make uh, couples. And that's one thing. Rami, Rami speaks to his friends and he decides that maybe mom needs to get in on this. He wants a Muslim girl. This is something that's very interesting. <laughs> and it played because it said, Chloe, white girls suck. Why? Because white girls always walk around barefoot, uh, no morals, and they're always jumping into stuff. You don't want a wife that skinny dips. <laughs> and that's that's actually, like, as, as, as subtle and nuanced as it seems, that's actually a concern that actually comes up. This is, once again, a culture clash. You want someone who's familiar with your culture, possibly. And that's where Rami's at. So Rami gets on... Get, goes out on a date with Noor, and that date with Noor involves a chaperone, her cousin, Masood, who's not, who's not actually her cousin, uh, <laughs> but a friend of the family, and not even actually a friend of the family, but as was explained, her dad fixed Noor's dad's transmission two years ago, and so he goes along to watch. And as a chaperone, he's very funny, comic relief. He adds commentary. He's like, go talk to her. And then when Rami speaks to her, He's the one who's like, she's born and raised here. <laughs> like, she, he answers. And then he goes off with Joey and Johnny. Joey and Johnny seem to be the, the Guido friends of Rami, the New Jersey Guido friends who come in. Like, hey, oh, hey, Joey, Johnny. Hey, Rami, where are we going over here? We should go to the club over there. And, and, and it's just a fun, as, as he's in this, like, really tense date where he's trying to be prim and proper, and his two friends come over, and they're just, like, having fun. And, and that's the, it's almost a reflection of who the real Rami is, that he's hiding from Noor. And he does hide it from Noor because he goes out and you saw that they kind of liked each other. You saw they had these moments. There was flirting. There was definitely a great uh, uh, repertoire between the two. They definitely had great conversation. Here they switch flurries as they're walking. You're like, oh, this could go somewhere. And it does. It leads 
to Noor being like, what, you're not going to kiss me goodnight? Which leads even further to the backseat of the car. We're getting down. But Rami's a little uncomfortable. Why? Because he's now on a date with a Muslim girl and he's taking her a lot more serious than he may take a Gentile or an American girl or anyone who's not from his world. He's taking her very seriously. And Noor is a girl who's out on a date. She's kissing. She's making out. She wants to go further. In fact, she proposes having sex with Rami in the back seat and goes, what, you don't have a condom? And then Rami's like, uh. And as Rami acts as if he doesn't want anything, um, as he's acting that way, uh, Noor basically points out, Noor points out like, hey, have you ever hooked up on the first date? Then basically, I don't know what's different. And what's different is that Rami has now placed Noor in a box. Rami has placed her in this Muslim box. And that's how it goes. And and Noor brings up, and it's very shocking, and especially because we're looking at an actor... Um, who Dina Shahabi, who's an amazing actor. I mean, Dina Shahabi is such an amazing actor from Saudi Arabia, who is the first Middle Eastern uh, born woman to be accepted to both the Juilliard and NYU graduating programs, acting programs. That's a huge ordeal. She's a great actress, basically, is what I'm expressing. And and it's just watching her be shocking and liberating and unoppressed to the point where she says, choke me while I finger myself since you don't want to have sex. At least let me orgasm. And And, and that's so... Uh, freeing because it's and, and it's so freeing because it's sexual empowerment for women and it's something that you don't see period in the world it's something you don't see even in the western world and it's something you see even less of in the middle eastern world at times and there it is being portrayed in full force and rami's not ready to accept it and at the end we see old hodge come back and that's where old hodge drops some some knowledge rami you masturbate too much. Now, before I get into episode two, which only has a couple points because we got into the crux of the show, I just want to let you all know I appreciate all of you. Here we we all do. We appreciate you for allowing us to be the ESPN of TV talk. We talk about all your favorite shows. And I'm on a slew of after shows myself in which I host and talk about the love we have for these shows and ideas and concepts. And we love your theories. And remember, this panel isn't just me, even though tonight it just happens to be just me. We do have a full panel going on into the future. But the panel is all of you at home. I love reading your comments. I love hearing what you think. And I love debating. So please comment below. And if you're listening on iTunes, give us that five-star rating we so deserve. And if you don't think we deserve it, I promise you we will deserve it by the and earn it by the end of the show. Uh, we do ask you to subscribe, share, spread the word, share the love, tell your friends. We appreciate you very much. Thank you and for being a part of AfterBuzz. Let's get into episode two, Princess Diana. Princess Diana referring specifically to Princess Diana of, of the UK, who we all know is one of the world's most, most uh, endeared, enamored peoples, someone who it seems was loved worldwide, a very popular entity, almost to the point of legendary status where this person is now their own myth. It's named aptly Princess Diana because we see a lot of the dynamics of 
Princess Diana as we go in. We start out with Rami getting fired. Rami getting fired, but not because he's fired, but because his startup company, which we learned about in the first episode, very millennial hipster thing to be a part of, Snack Swipe, is going under. The character who plays the leader of Snack Swipe, Danny Jolis, a wonderful writer from My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, also a stand-up comedian who's very funny, uh, plays it, plays that startup role, the startup entrepreneur to a tease, got the hair, got the shirt, even has the chain, tries to start a chant. And it doesn't go anywhere because the the company and all their jobs and their stocks are going under. And we see we meet we meet the best friend who we had seen in previously in episode one as a coworker who becomes also another friend, and that's that's Stephen Sway, uh, Steve, who is in in the wheelchair. If you see, he seems to be a, a, a handy capable actor. If you if you don't know, who he's played a lot of roles. Uh, throughout tv and we see rami do something possibly a little shocking something that a lot of us may not do is he helps steve in the bathroom taking a shit and that's how that plays and rami is there and you see how close they must be for this to happen we also see rami throw in another tidbit that i'm religious i'm about to pray uh, and, and we see that there's a dynamic between Rami and Steve and that this is going to play out even more. Uh, these are unlikely allies. These are people that you may not think would be together, and yet they are. This is a person Steve serves as <clears throat> as the 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 totem the totem of morality for the show. He brings up the fact that Rami might be racist in the last show because Rami is not swiping on women who cover. And Rami just expresses this as a preference. In this episode, we see that he's the one who is the the one uh, he's the one who brings up the fact that they're going to lose their health insurance, and that means a lot more to them. And Danny Jolis, of course, goes uh, when it comes to Rami and and Steve's hire. He saw them both as the same a diversity hire. He says, "Rami, with your Mediterranean flair, and Steve, you remind me things could be worse." So Rami loses his job, goes home, says, I lost my job. And of course, as any Middle Eastern parent, they're like, you should first of all, you should have went to med school. That's definitely a theme that runs through every Middle Eastern home. And second of all, he says, basically, they're like, you need to get a job. We need to get you a job. You need to be working. There needs to be some job, something. <coughs> Excuse me. And then Rami says, well, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. And his father says something that's so Real, uh, in a lot of the world, passion is a made-up idea made for white people. The idea of passion or being passionate or liking what you do for work is something that's actually kind of new. And that's actually not something that just uh, Middle Eastern people would say. A lot of ethnic people would say this. And in fact, a lot of white people in America, depending on what area of America and, and how much uh, how how old-fashioned you might be or how conservative you might be or possibly where geographically you might be, you would say something very similar, that work is supposed to be work. This is what brings in Uncle Nassim. Now, Uncle Nassim is the show. Is the show in episode two. Uncle Nassim is the antagonist. He's a protagonist. He is a dynamic character. He is uh, ubiquitous. He is... Uh, unilateral. He is one-dimensional. He's everything. And I mean that in every good and bad possible way. Uh, 
Uncle Nassim is a misogynist. Uncle Nassim is a racist. They call him Amu. Amu means uh, brother on your dad's side. So it's unclear if Uncle Nassim is actually uh, Rami's mom, Mesa's brother, because they call him Amu. Khal would be the word that you use typically for the uncle on your mom's side. And Amu is the word that you would use uh, for the uncle on your father's side. So there's a difference in the word uncle in the Middle East, in Farsi and in Arabic. So here we get Amu Nassim, and he's he comes in and he's very harsh and he's very opinionated. And his wife even left. He left his wife because she wanted to go to grad school. So he's got this strong conservative streak in him that is the stereotype of of the Arab man. He even has conspiracy on his mind. He's the one who is anti-Semitic. The family points out, especially the father says, you can't be anti-Semitic. We are Semitic because the concept is Jewish people, uh, Middle Eastern descent, Arab people of uh, Middle Eastern descent uh, are all Semitic peoples. And in that we're all the, we're all the same. That's the concept, right? So here we are. With with Uncle Nassim, Uncle Nassim believes all these conspiracies, uh, starts off with everything. He blames the Jews. He works in the Diamond District, which is traditionally run by a lot of Jewish people in New York and in California. So if you go downtown or if you go to the Diamond District in New York, you see a lot of Jewish people, especially very religious Jewish people. It comes up in a lot of media throughout time. And that's something that we, we notice. It's noticeable. Uh, the biggest... Uh, the biggest bank of diamonds is in is in Israel. So we do understand that stereotype. And he feels like he's the only Arab person surrounded by Jews. Uh, and even though we politically in the world see it's the other way around, it's like Israel's a Jewish country that's surrounded by Arabs. So it's this concept of everyone thinks that they have it the worst, right? He And he believes, he's like, name one Jew who died on 9-11. Like, and it's not just, yes, he is clearly anti-Jewish in that way, right? And we see that as a theme. But he's also believing in every conspiracy. And one of the conspiracies he specifically believes in is the fact that Princess Diana was killed by the queen for falling in love with an Egyptian. And that thought process of, of Amu, that, that Middle Eastern guy believing in conspiracies is a real character that is a theme that exists within middle eastern cult is to believe in conspiracies because so many conspiracies have happened and so that thought of believing in conspiracies to the point where he's like uh rami brings up Mosalah trying to connect Mosalah being of course the uh egyptian soccer player who's who's beloved he's the ronaldo of of egypt he he's the um he, he's their guy right and and, and uh, Uncle Nassim basically goes, uh, he just kicks the ball. Who cares? Let's talk. Then we see how Uncle Nassim talks to Dina. When Dina comes on the screen, a lot of people took that as like he's looking at her in a sexual way, but it wasn't a sexual way. He was actually disgusted, like, why don't you cover? Cover yourself. Cover your legs. And then Dina, to get, a, to get out of it, because Dina is a very strong, liberal, uh, intelligent unoppressed mind as, uh, as, as a woman, as a Middle Eastern woman, um, Dina wants to get out of this, but of course the family won't let her. And she says at dinner, she's like, well, it's, I'm so sorry I acted this way, Amu. 
I'm on my period, knowing the reaction that Amu would give. Oh, you're on your period. You're crazy right now. You need to go out. Just be away. Don't pray and all these things. And <laughs> Dean is like, oh, I'm so glad you told me I was going to go to a mosque. I was going to go touch a Quran, but you told me. So now I won't. Very fun how it portrays. And like I said, Dina comes off. That's such a real Real, I know this girl. I um, this girl is in my family. It's a sister. It's 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 a cousin. It's such a good character. So then we see uh, Uncle Nassim is passive aggressive towards the family. Uncle Nassim is talking dad bad about Rami's dad. Uncle Nassim is talking <coughs> about owning his own business and how much better he is. He's a little condescending. He's a he ta- he negs a lot. And finally, Rami strikes back. Rami goes off as. As he's taking uh, Uncle Nassim to the uh, to the metro line, he goes off and he's like, "You're an asshole. You're just this is why you're. At least my father has a family that loves him. You don't have that." And Uncle Nassim, right when you think it's about something is about to happen, Uncle Nassim doesn't seem to be the kind of person to let this go. <clears throat> An event occurs. The event, of course, being a guy and a girl fighting on the street, and the guy. Basically strikes the girl and Uncle Nassim's like, stop the car, stop the car, and goes to defend the woman. Something you would not think Uncle Nassim would do. He's the thing. He's like, don't hit her. And you're thinking in your mind, wow, I would think Uncle Nassim hits women. But no, that's not the case. And he even states, he even states, this is the line that Uncle Nassim doesn't cross. And then he tells Rami, he's like, we protect the women not because we do not trust the women, we protect the women because we do not trust the men. And that's a theme that ha- it has to be understood that a lot of times the conversation about hijab, the scarf, which did come up in the show in this episode, is really about uh, a concept of respect. And even though it is clearly pushed as an agenda, and it's unfortunate that it is so, where it actually came from is still a noble concept now the world has changed very much and that's a conversation that this show brings to light then the unthinkable happens and the unthinkable isn't as bad as you think the unthinkable is simply that rami goes to work for uncle nasim and that's where we end episode two can't wait for episode three and four. Uh, a little bit of news and gossip. I do want to let you know that uh, not everyone agreed as much. Uh, a lot of people felt, and this is in the Atlantic culture section, what Rami gets wrong about Muslim women. Please read that article because it does give you a different side. Uh, Shamira Ibrahim had a different opinion of Muslim women than Rami's perspective. But like I said, uh, it's it's a clever show and it explores the experiences of this millennial Muslim, which is Rami. So make sure to read that uh, that article. It gives you a different perspective, and I want you to do what the show intends you to do, which is talk about these things, because that's what the show is. It's a conversation. It is everyone talking and us discussing. Now, let's get into a set uh, our 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 section where we talk about this. Every week I want you to re- to learn an Arab word. This week's word is shukran. Shukran is thank you. So shukran all of you for watching the show. I would love to get a prediction, but we're about to watch three and four and binge it. I hope you're binging this at home. Shukran for being a part of After Buzz. Shukran for watching the show and shukran for liking Rami. Leave your comments below. I'd love to hear what you have to think. Hopefully we get a full panel and we get more show as we talk more Rami going into season one, episodes three and four. Um, 
we're going to get a lot of what goes on, a black spot on the heart and strawberries. That's for next time. From this time, my name's Tehran. Find me at I am Tehran all across the board. That's I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. And, of course, hosting a slew of other After Buzz After Shows right here. Your favorite shows, I'm your favorite host. Catch you next week. Rami. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.